want to learn how to manage your own investments? Are you ready to stop paying investment management fees and start building wealth? The DIY Investing Podcast is dedicated to providing you with the knowledge, skills, and resources you need to be a better investor. Learn how to make investments through the use of fundamental analysis, mental models, and business management insights. Now, here's your host, value investing expert, Trey Henninger. Hello and welcome to the DIY Investing Podcast. My name is Trey Henniger and I'm your host. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast for more great investing content. If you're listening on YouTube, also hit the like button on this video. And any other platform, your five-star rating and review are a great way to support the show. Thank you for your support. So today's episode, we're going to focus on investing goals. The beginning of the year, it's always helpful to consider goal setting and thinking about your investing process, thinking about what you are doing. And so as an inspiration for you to take this step for yourself, I'm going to talk through some of my investing goals for 2021. I think it's important to always be constantly improving your own process. Um, but especially at the beginning of the year, it's helpful to take a moment to sit back, contemplate, and really think about what you need to learn each year. It's going to be different for everyone, so I'm not saying that you should copy my goals. My goals are going to be very situated towards my current state as an investor and where I'm trying to go forward, but I'm trying to use this as an example, and I'm going to also give some ideas towards the later part of the podcast as inspiration for you on maybe these goals don't fit for you, but some other goals that might help your process that I'm not necessarily setting myself. But let's talk through my goals. I'm going to try and keep this relatively short and focused. Um, keep this episode under, you know, in that 20 to 30 minute time frame instead of some of the longer hour ones that I've had before. And so let's dive right on. The first goal that I have for 2021 as an investing goal is I want to identify two new companies worthy of holding a 20% position in my portfolio. So for those who haven't listened very long, you know, I, I am a concentrated investor. I like to hold five stocks in my portfolio, starting them around 20% each. And so what I'm doing with this goal is I'm saying I'm looking at portfolio turnover of about 40% this year because I already have a fully invested portfolio of five stocks. And so I want to identify two new companies that are worthy of entering my portfolio at a full 20% position. And so that's really setting this overarching theme for my research this year. I need to be doing research on high quality companies. I need to be doing research on companies that are not just a good deal or um, a good price, but they need to be a great price. They need to be great quality companies. They need to have great management because in order to earn a 20% position in my portfolio, they have to be top-notch ideas. They have to be top-notch stocks. And not, not only do they have to be top-notch, but they have to be better than what I already own because what I will be doing is replacing two of the five stocks I have in my portfolio with these two new stocks. And so what I'm really trying to do is upgrade my portfolio this year. I'm trying to find a way to make it even more attractive for my future returns, trying to optimize um, 
and reduce risks. And I've actually already identified the two of my five stocks that I want to get rid of this year and which stocks, so the which stocks those are that I'd like to sell. And basically, I always advise that you should have your entire portfolio and your watch list ranked in order to know which your stocks are your favorite, which stocks are your least favorite. So, you know, as a five stock portfolio, I know which stock is number one, which stock is number two, three, four, and five. So my number four and five stocks, I would like to replace because what I've seen in my portfolio this year for the past of 2020 is I've really identified three companies that I believe will all be 10 baggers or a hundred bagger in the future. And I have two companies that I hold that I do not think can become a 10 bagger. And so I'd like to have five companies that I can hold for the long term that I think will 10 bag. And right now I only have three, which means that I need to upgrade the bottom two stocks in my portfolio and I need to find companies that meet that mandate. So that really drives my research. It means that in order to be a 10 bagger, you have to be pretty cheap because now you need to go, if you were to do it without any earnings growth, then you need something like a PE of two going to PE of 20 or a PE of three going to PE of 30. And that's really hard to do. Um, it's easier to combine it with some earnings growth. Um, because earnings growth on its own would be really hard to do because then you're saying you need earnings to grow 10x in a 10-year time frame. Because again, these are all focused on a 10-year um, investment time frame. That's the frame I used of reference for my investments. So if you're going to have a 10-year 10-bagger, you're talking about 25, 26% annualized rate of return, which means you need rapid growth. If you were to do that just with earnings growth, you're saying earnings would have to grow at 26% a year for 10 years, and that's very hard to predict. Um, but what you're really doing is you're trying to meet that mandate with a combination of multiple expansion and earnings growth. So if I were, instead of having a PE of three, go to a PE of 30, maybe I have a PE of three, go to a PE of 15 with earnings doubling over that time frame. Well, that's more achievable. Um, or you could have a PE of, of 10 going to a PE of 20 with earnings going up 5x. Well, that's also achievable. It's difficult. Um, but it's achievable. So you're trying to look for those combinations. Probably the easiest ones are stuff where you have like a PE of five going to PE of 15 and the earnings triple. Um, that's not totally unreasonable, but those are the types of things I'm looking for. And right now, three of my stocks have hit it, but the other two don't. Um, but the key point here is that you need a second step. Not only do I want to identify those two companies, I actually want to take the step of building those new positions. And those positions should be in the range of 10 to 20% each by the time they're fully built up. Um, generally, my goal is 20%. But if some of the other stocks in my portfolio are better, then it's understandable that I don't reach that all the time. And this, this brings me to my next goal. And my next goal is to become more comfortable with high levels of concentration. Um, my current largest holding is 35% of my portfolio and it's grown to this size from 20%. It's, you know, I entered in the position in 2020 and the stock basically doubled while I held it. Um, I think it was up 140% in 2020 from when I started buying. And so 
it grew from 20% of my portfolio to 35% and was a large driver of my returns in 2020. But what I think I need to be more comfortable with is it continues to be my favorite stock and my favorite stock in my portfolio. So I think there's a chance that if I don't sell any of it, that it could reach 50% of my portfolio or more during this year or next year. And so I need to think about and be more comfortable with holding that if I want to see those returns translate into the returns in my portfolio. So it's just one of those areas that I think I need to work on. Um, for some of you, that might be kind of surprising. Say, hey, he owns five stocks. It's already quite concentrated. But I think that one of the benefits of a concentrated portfolio is that you can really take advantage of positive volatility. You take advantage of those large stock price movements in your favor. But in order to do that, you need to be comfortable with not rebalancing right away. And I'm a big proponent of not rebalancing and trying to find these stocks that are more coffee can style that you can put in a, in your portfolio and just let sit for years and years and years. And I'll be going into that in more detail in my next um, podcast about the coffee can portfolio. But I think that's something I need to work on. I need to just get comfortable with seeing my stocks become a larger and larger portion of the portfolio in order to benefit from them really building long-term wealth for me. Um, the other aspect of this is that I may sell the two positions that I've identified um, for new to new positions this year, but I might not do it at the same time. It might not be a direct swap, which means that... <coughs> I need to be comfortable with holding less than five stocks for part of the year, whether that's four stocks or three stocks. I need to be comfortable with that idea of either having that money in cash or having that money in my, one of my other three stocks while I wait to put it into a new company. It's going to depend upon the prices. Um, the actual discussion of those individual companies is only for my $25 a month patrons. Um, and you can you know, subscribe at DIYinvesting.org slash patron or go to patreon.com slash DIYinvesting um, to learn more about that. But for me, that's really where I need to work on concentration, understanding the volatility associated with that, but really becoming comfortable with that because it needs, I need to be comfortable with less than five stocks in order to make a five stock portfolio work because part of the time you won't hold five stocks. Maybe you'll hold more, maybe you'll hold less, but I'd prefer to hold less and concentrate than hold more and diversify because I think that dilutes my returns. So returns. This brings me to my third goal for the year, and this is probably my weakest goal of the list because it's not a process goal, it's a results goal. And the results that I'm seeking in 2021 is to earn a 20% annual return or higher for the year. Um, I use absolute rate of return as my metric, and I'm not looking to be relative to the S&P 500, but it is something that I've started tracking simply for education's sake and information. You see, in 2020, I earned a 22% return on my portfolio, and I beat the S&P 500 by 3.7 percentage points. Um, you can read the full annual letter that I wrote up about my returns this year, and I will link that in the show notes if you'd like to read my annual letter talking about you know what I did as part of earning that 22% annual return in 2020. But I think that it, I should be able to match or exceed that return again this year. Um, I don't really see why 20% returns are unachievable this year 
based upon what I currently know about the stocks that I own, what I currently know about their business performance that I expect to happen this year, um, and what we currently know about the economy. And anything can change, and it's, you know, I'm not trying to predict the future, but it just seems like I'm set up for another good year with the portfolio I own. So I don't think a 20% annual return target for the year is unreasonable especially with 22% last year. And I think if I make the changes I talked about earlier, kind of switching out two stocks for two new ones, I think I'll be set up in a good spot for that. Um, You may have heard in previous podcasts me talk about my discount rate being 10% though, because 10% is my annual return target over the long term. And that's going to stay true. I'm not changing my discount rate. And I'm not changing my discount rate because I don't think 20% annual returns are achievable generally if you only look at cash flow-based returns from most companies. And so my 10% is only for the fundamental analysis portion of my stock analysis. However, one of the things I really grew into and focused on in 2020 was identifying the possibility for multiple expansion in my businesses trying to identify companies that could earn me 10% solely from their cash flows, but could earn me an additional 10% plus from multiple expansion. And so that's where it's not just saying, okay, this company has 10% earnings growth. That's great. But this company has 10% earnings growth and they're trading at a PE of five. And that PE of five should become 10, 15, or 20. When you combine the two of those, you really have the opportunity for substantial returns. And I think that really um, the strategy there known as the Davis double play is something that has become to appeal to me more and more such that I'm keeping my discount rate of 10% the same, but I no longer am stuck with just that. I'd like to add additional cash flows for multiple expansion. And that's more speculative. So I'm trying to capture both the investment component and the speculative component. But I think it can pay off well. Um, and I don't think as long as I maintain the investment component that I'm in, that I am speculating. It's just more setting myself up from positive optionality, positive surprise. So I'm optimistic I can achieve my target rate of return and percent perhaps ex- substantially exceed it. Um, but we'll just have to see how that goes. And again, this is an inferior goal. I tend to prefer process-based goals, habit-based goals. Um, but I want to document it because it's something I'm thinking about and it's a mental marker that I've made. And so it's useful to have that down, have that public so that I can judge myself against the goals that I've set for myself. The next goal that I have this year for me is to pass the series 65 exam. So the people who aren't aware, the series 65 exam is the exam needed to become a registered investment advisor. And in By passing this exam, it will allow me to begin taking on outside clients that are interested in me managing their portfolio for them. Um, If you are one of those people that may be interested in that and you're listening to this podcast, um, I can't share any information about what that would look like um, publicly. But if you'd like more information, if you're interested in potentially joining a wait list or something along those lines, you can reach out to me specifically at my email at trey at diyinvesting.org. That's T-R-E-Y at diyinvesting.org. Again, I can't market any of that. Um, so instead you just, you would have to reach out to me if that's something you're interested in. Um, so if, if it is something you're interested in, you can reach out to me at trey, that's trey at diyinvesting.org. Um, 
So again, that's, that exam is the beginning of me taking the next step to managing outside capital, which has been one of my long-term goals. And so I need to do the work to study for the exam, um, pre- get prepared for that, and it, complete the formalities associated with that in order to manage outside capital. Next goal. So in 2020, I had the goal to stop checking stock prices um, more frequently than once a week. Basically, I was checking stock prices daily and entering 2020, I thought it would be good to check stock prices only once a week or less. Um, I had been inspired by that goal um, by Jeff Gannon of the Focus Compounding Podcast who talks about that as something that he does. Um, But what I realized is it doesn't work for me. I realized that during the year, so one of my goals for 2020 is to not worry about that. If I feel like the need to check stock prices frequently, do so. I don't think it negatively impacted my returns in 2020, and I don't think it negatively impacted my process. In fact, I think the aspect of frequently checking stock prices is actually quite helpful in my process because I'm most commonly buying on a regular basis. I tend to invest in more illiquid stocks, which means that you might have to make purchases every day or bid in the market every day or every week um, for months at a time in order to build your position. My largest position that I said, you know, doubled in 2020, it took me six months to fill the position. It took me, I was buying every month for six months new shares because it just took that long to build my position. There's there's not that much trading volume. So if a stock only has, you know, less than $1,000 or less than $5,000 or of trading volume in a day, well, you're not going to get all the trading volume in a day. So you're going to have to bid on the stock many, many days until you can build your position. So um, these very illiquid stocks that don't trade every day might have zero shares traded on a day or zero shares traded on a week. If you're not frequently making bids in them and checking the price, then you're not going to be able to create your position. So for me, interested in illiquid stocks, that's something that I don't think hampers me. I do think if you're bidding in more common stocks, whether it be um, large caps and stuff like that, the tech names, anything along those lines, I do think checking stock prices frequently is harmful. Um, And so I would encourage you to consider that as a goal for yourself is to not check them but once a week. Because if you can take your whole position in or out in a day, then there's literally no need to check it that frequently. It's just going to create a gambler's mindset in your head. So those are uh, my key investing goals for the year. Um, In general, they're mostly process-based, and there's not that many of them. I have reached the point where I believe I've mastered the basics of investing. I've mastered the fundamentals, and so now my work is more focused on research um, and just continuing to do research on new companies, learning new industries, and that sort of thing. Um, And not so much, you know, milestone based anymore. And so those are just more general goals for me. And and it's mainly used as inspiration for you. I do have a few other goals that I'd want to talk about. So like I have marketing goals. I'd like to have 5,000 Twitter followers by the end of 2021. And I currently have just over 2K. So we're looking at about a two and a half X rise in my Twitter following during this year, because that's really the top of the funnel of the marketing for everything that I'm doing. If you're, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, then you're likely to 
to li- eventually listen to the podcast and you're likely to eventually um, consider me for an, as an investing client or to consider buying one of my investing products or something like that, joining my YouTube channel, everything like that. Um, I'd also like to hit a thousand YouTube subscribers. So I currently have just over 300 YouTube subscribers. So if you're listening to this and you're not already one of my YouTube subscribers, please consider going to YouTube DIY investing channel. Um, I'll link to it in the show notes and you can follow me on YouTube as well. Right now it's mostly this podcast that's showing up there, but I hope to also produce other YouTube videos this year that I think will be useful and educational. And then Lastly, as a marketing goal, I want to take on at least one outside investing client this year. So it ties in with that series 65 exam that I'd want that I need to pass. Um, but if that's something you're interested in, you can reach out to me, um, and and indicate that. Um, so what are some inspiring goals that I think you should do that I haven't made for myself? Um, I think it's mainly good to focus on research-based goals. Reading investing books is nice, but I don't think it's where investors should be spending most of their time. I think it's very helpful at the beginning um, to read some investing books, one, two, three, but you generally don't need to read a ton of them. Um, Where you're really going to learn investing is from actively investing. And so I think research goals and focusing on the number of companies you read, the number of companies you, you invest in is is really where it helps. So for example, a useful research goal might be screening a certain number of companies every year. So let's say it's 100. Saying, okay, in 2021, I want to look at 100 companies this year and set, you know, screen them yes or no. That means that you're going to have to do two a week. And so you need to look and you need to say, okay, is this company too cheap? Is this company... I mean, is this company too expensive or is it cheap enough? Is this company good enough or is it low quality? Is this company safe or not safe? And do that with 100 companies. That would be a great research goal for the year is to say, okay, I have 52 weeks or or maybe now I have 50 weeks and I'm going to look at two companies a week for the rest of the year. And it doesn't and you might do a company in 10 minutes and say, oh, it's it's obvious this is expensive, or it might take you a few hours or, or longer to determine whether a company's worth considering more. And so it's just screening. So screen 100 companies this year. Um, another idea is to write up 12 companies this year. That's one per month. I think that's a reasonable goal, especially for someone who hasn't used to doing that. Um, it's a goal that I probably should be doing myself is to write up you know at least one company a month. Um, and so I think that's a good one to adopt. If you don't have an investing journal or you don't have an investing blog, you should start one. I always recommend that. I think it's great to document your thoughts, um, and share them with others because they will help you get better as an investor. If you put your work out publicly, um, so write up one company a month, even if you don't buy it, write up a company after you've done sufficient research because it will improve your investing skill. And the last area of research goal that I think is something that you should consider is reading a 10K a day or reading a 10K a week. Either of these two are good metrics, um, depending upon if you're a full-time investor or a part-time investor or how much time you have dedicated, uh, a 10K a day is is reasonable or not reasonable. If you're a full-time investor, reading a 10K a day is probably the goal you should make. Um, 
if you are a part-time investor um, or doing this along with side like a full-time job, then reading one 10K a week is a very good metric to have because then you're going to hit 50, 50 a year and then that will be part of your screening process, part of your sorting process. And I think if you were to read 50 10Ks in a year, one a week with two weeks vacation, then I think you're really set up well to um, come up with investing ideas. And And those are the sorts of things that I'm using when I say I want to identify two new companies worthy of buying a position this year, for me, it's already part of that process. I've already kind of captured and and, and solidified some of these things, but that's where you really start is because I know how many companies I need to look at in order to find two that I want to buy, but you might not know that yet. You might not know the amount of companies you need to see. So just set goals of how many companies to review. And don't set any specific goal on how many companies you need to buy. Just say, this is how many companies I'm going to review. And if you keep doing that and you do it diligently, you're going to learn. You're going to get better. And that's really what you want to do as an investor. If you're constantly learning and you're compounding your knowledge, then you're going to eventually be able to compound your money. Um, But the knowledge comes first. The knowledge and the skill comes first. So those are my investing goals for 2021. I hope they're inspiring for you. I hope they show you that everyone is on a journey. We're all in different parts of our own journey. You should not compare yourself to me. You should not compare yourself to the people you see online. You should compare yourself to where you were a year ago, where you were five years ago, where you were 10 years ago. Focus on compounding your personal goals and your personal knowledge and don't focus on comparing to me. I'm just trying to show you that some of you might be inspired by what I'm doing. Some of you might be looking up to the things that I'm doing. I don't know. But what I'm trying to show you is, is I have lots to learn. I have different things that I'm working on. Everyone is working on something. We're not perfect. We have areas that we need to improve. And so I think just being open and about where I'm trying to improve what I'm working on, I think is helpful. So hopefully you find that valuable. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Tune in to the episode next week um, for Coffee Can Portfolio is what I want to talk about next week. And I think that's going to be really interesting because I'm adopting a lot of those um, possibilities in my current in my current strategy. So full show notes for this episode and every episode of the podcast can be found on my website, doiinvesting.org slash episode 107. And you can just type in episode versus episode number um, for any episode you want to watch. Uh, this is a listener-supported podcast. If you've gained value from today's content, please consider supporting the show financially as a patron. You can become a patron at DIYinvesting.org slash P-A-T-R-O-N. Thank you for listening. And until next time, stop paying fees. Start building wealth. Thank you for listening to the DIY Investing Podcast. Please visit our website and subscribe to our email list at DIYinvesting.org for guides, videos, and resources to help make you a better investor. The DIY Investing Podcast is presented for general informational and entertainment purposes only. 
I have not considered your specific situation or risk profile, and I have not provided investment advice. The information presented on the DIY Investing Podcast should not be construed as investment advice. The views and opinions expressed on the DIY Investing Podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the show's host or sponsors. DIY Investing, its producers, sponsors, and host, Trey Hinegar, shall not be liable for losses resulting from investment decisions based upon information or viewpoints presented on the DIY Investing Podcast.